Welcome to the Leadership and Theology with a Cup of Joe podcast. My name is Joe Contreras, and today we're going to be doing a quick Q&A. Let's take a drink. You're listening to the Leadership and Theology with a Cup of Joe podcast. First and foremost, I just want to thank you for being a part of the Leadership and Theology with a Cup of Joe family. For the past year, we were able to produce 11 podcasts. This is being our 12th podcast, and I truly hope that you have gotten something inspirational that you've grown and that you've learned something, even in little things, that make a difference over time in your life. I'm here at my home in Stockton, California, recording this podcast. As most of you, um, we are in quarantine or shelter in place or whatever you want to call it nowadays um, because of COVID-19. There's been a lot of uncertainties um, now, that's for sure. Um, we don't know what tomorrow will look like until there's a cure or a vaccine that is found. Um, and I pray and I hope that that, that time comes soon. Sooner rather than later. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I posted on the Leadership and Theology with a Cup of Joe podcast YouTube or podcast Instagram page and my own personal Instagram page a little questionnaire asking you to submit some questions about leadership or theology or personal questions. And today we're going to dive into those questions a little bit. I'm using my new podcast equipment called the Rode Podcaster Pro and my pod mic with a tabletop mount, mic mount. I don't know why that was so hard to say. But either way, I am excited to be able to use this new equipment, hopefully, um, in the near future, I'll be able to sit down with some guests and utilize it some more. Now, today, we're going to be going into some of the questions that you, our viewers, asked on Instagram. So the first question that we're going to dive into, and now I'm going to touch these questions briefly. And if you'd like me to expand on my answers in a later podcast, feel free to leave that in the comment section of this video on YouTube or um, email us. At LT with a cup of Joe at gmail.com. Now, the first question that somebody asked is Does God provide opportunities to purposely close them on us? Now, this is a difficult one. Now, I believe that God is all powerful, all knowing, and I certainly think that God will give us or allow us to have opportunities in life. Now, this is where it becomes difficult because God gives us this thing called free will. So it is our choice to choose whichever opportunities to take. Now, the hard part is most of the time is figuring out what opportunities are from God. A lot of times we think that Opportunities are from God, but they're not actually from God. Our flesh desires to have these type of opportunities. Now, let's say if I wanted a cookie, right? My flesh wanted a cookie after dinner, a fresh baked cookie. God could provide me with a cookie. Does that cookie mean that I should eat it? Late at night, if I'm on a diet, probably not. So it just depends on the circumstance. Now, does God purposely close opportunities on us? 
Sometimes it feels like that. But oftentimes when we are presented with an opportunity and God, it seems like God closes it on us, it's a possibility. But I, feel, I believe that it, it's a growth moment. It's an opportunity for us to lean more into God and to um, put our trust in him so that we know in the future that it's not just us wanting it, but it's actually God that is providing us with that opportunity. And some opportunities that God closes on us are things that help us grow. Help us grow mentally, physically, spiritually. I love, um, I forget who sings the song. And don't, I'm very uncultured. But I, um, you know, if if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. And if you know the name of that song, go ahead and put it in the, or the, lyric, or the name of the song and the artist. Put it in the comment section below. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, but I definitely think that does God provide opportunities to purposely close them on us? I think it's, it's possible. Does he, does he do it to hurt us? No. Does he do it to challenge us? Yes. Does he do it to help us grow? Yes. Whatever God does is out of love. It's not out of hate or out of envy or out of a desire to destroy you or to hurt you or break you as an individual. It's out of love. Now, let me go back a little bit. Sometimes God does allow things to break us so that we lean more into him. That's a really long answer for that question. So the next question is, does, does taking open doors lead to the path that God desires for us? And this is a thought that I've, I've had for a while. We often think that every open door is of God. I don't think every open door is meant to be open or meant to be walked through. Right? Just imagine you are walking down the street and you see a house door open. Does that mean you're supposed to walk through it? Probably not. That's not your property. That that door was not designed for you to walk through. That's not your property. What you have what's on the other side of that door is not yours. And oftentimes we do do that. We do see a door open and we do step out and we walk through it. And it takes us a while to figure out that we weren't meant to walk through that door. And that's where it comes into discerning what God has for you, God's plan for your life, to be able to identify what doors that God wants you to go through that are open. And I also think that not every closed door is not meant to be walked through. It's all about discerning God's will and being able to just ask God, is this of you? Is this for me. Is this of you and is this for me? Is this something that you want for me, God? Show me, reveal it to me. Because Lord, I don't want to make this mistake. I don't want to walk through a door that's not meant to be open for me. And especially at the wrong time. 
Because that's a possibility as well. Walking through a door that is open at the wrong time. And that's the beauty of Jesus though. Because you can walk to that door and you can make that mistake, but God is in the business of redeeming. And he will redeem your wrong decision. He will redeem whatever door you went through that you weren't supposed to walk through. Or every door that you that was closed that you didn't even dare go and try to twist the knob to see if it was open for you. He will redeem it because he is the redeemer. The next question is, how do you know that it's God's voice that you are listening to? First, I think it needs to be aligned with the word of God. If there's no alignment with the word of God, then I I highly doubt that it's of God. Now, a lot of times, like, I've never... I mean, I've never personally heard the verbal voice of God. Never done that. But when I do have these thoughts that are higher than my thoughts, when I have these ideas that are like, whoa, my flesh definitely cannot like think of that, cannot comprehend that. That is something that is of the spirit. And that is something that is of God. Now, it's really hard. It's really hard to discern those things because sometimes your flesh will mess you up and make you think that your your flesh is what your spirit is saying. And I think that's that's why that's one of the main reasons why there's so much confusion in the world today, because we don't we cannot discern our flesh and our spirit. We cannot discern what God is saying to us and what we are saying to ourselves. And I think we need to lean into the Word of God. If it if it if it doesn't line up to what the word of God says, it's probably not of God. Also, I think what other ways that you can tell that it's God's voice that you're listening to is that it's consistent. That it, it continues to creep up. It continues to approach you. And you can't stop thinking about it. I think God will maybe even sometimes people will might say something that God has put on your heart or that you've been thinking. Maybe that, that, that can make it evident. That can make it more clear of what God is trying to say. We can dive and we will dive a little bit more into that topic later on in the show or in the podcast somewhere along the line. Now, what leader? the next question is, what leadership qualities do you think we need to develop most in this moment? I think we need to have clear communication. I think clear communication is key to equipping your leaders, equipping others to lead during this time of uncertainty. You don't want to make sure anything is missed in communication. Communication is key, not just to life, but to team dynamics and to leading effectively. If you can't communicate, then you can't lead. It's just that simple. So I think clear communication and don't over communicate or while you rather you should over communicate rather than not communicate enough. But it's more about the the quality of your communication than the quantity 
of your communication. And what I'm saying here is that, as you can see, for example, in the real world, the president and governors are having day by day by day when this pandemic started, day by day press conferences. And these press conferences would last an hour. That's so long. My attention span is like a minute or five minutes. I think communication needs to be condensed. Tell us the bullet points. Tell us what matters. And then just end it. The longer you communicate doesn't mean that you're a better communicator. It's all about the quality of your communication, not the quantity of your communication. And then another thing that I think is really important for leaders to adapt to right now is creativity. Think outside the box. Don't be afraid to step outside the box. I know you're stuck into doing the ways, doing things the way that you've done it before, doing things the way you know of, but now is really a time where you need to tune things up. Maybe if you lack creativity, get a team around you of people that can really spark some creativity and think of new ways to do things because what you used to do is not going to get you the same results during this time of COVID. So you may have to try new things. The next question is, what does the church need to look like post-COVID-19? Now, this is challenging because there's a lot of debates, a lot of things going on in the church. The church feels persecuted in America specifically. And I don't think it's being persecuted to the extent that we think persecution is. I believe that Jesus, or that God, Jesus, God, same thing, is using this time to really reshape how we think church. Back to its foundation. You know, we can't meet in large gatherings. Okay, that's fine. Let's have five people, or let's have three families gather at a house and just watch church online and fellowship. Church is not the building, remember? Church is the people in the building. So as long as we have the people that are in the building that are the church, then we will have the church. Buildings don't matter. God can replace buildings. God can bless you more exceedingly and abundantly and bless you double out of this COVID-19 if you're faithful with the little things. And he can bless you more and abundantly with a new building. I mean, you can't put that past him. God is bigger than that. So I think right now that the or after COVID-19, I think the fellowship of churches is going to be stronger. I think the reliant on God is going to be stronger because we're rely- we don't know what tomorrow brings. You have to have faith right now in this moment that God is going to carry us through this season, that God is going to bless somebody or God's going to give somebody wisdom to find a cure or a vaccine for this time, for this COVID-19, for this disease that is reaching havoc on our nation and the world. I think smaller groups, I think the church as a whole, we always think about bigger churches, more people, the more better. I think we're moving towards a time where maybe smaller churches are better. And I think it's different wherever your demographic is or wherever you are in the world. And I think that God's going to be able to move 
more exceedingly and abundantly than we can imagine through Zoom. Who knows that? Who knew that God can move so much in a screen? Other than those that that were already a part of a a church that did live stream. I think the church is going to be stronger after this. I think the church needs to step out of the box and not lean back on its crutches and not look looking back to going back to normal, but looking forward to a new normal in church. It's about the people. It's about Jesus. It's about creating a space where people can encounter God, develop a relationship with God, in community. And I think that with Zoom, I think with other resources, that is still possible. And for that reason, the church is going to be stronger than it was before. This one was kind of a funny. Next question was kind of a funny one. Um, what's your skin care routine? Um, I don't really have a skin care ret- routine. Um I just wash my face in the shower, you know, and I I do rinse my face when I go or wake up in the morning. That's just kind of to wake me up. But other than that, there's nothing really special about my skincare routine. Um, you know, pimples show up here and there, and you know it's fun to pop them, which is could be really disgusting, and I can see that. But um, yeah, I don't really have a skincare routine. Um, this next question is, what are your thoughts on baptism of the Holy Spirit? Now that this is one of the questions that are like really up for debate in the church today. Um, some denominations lean really heavily on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, some not as much. Um, me personally, I have not been baptized of the Holy Spirit. And in a lot of instances, churches have made it seem like the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the the go go ahead or the know it all or not know it all, but like that is evidence that you are a Christian. Like you have to get baptized in the Holy Spirit in order to be a Christian, or that shows that God loves you, or that that shows that you are really saved now. I don't think that's real. I don't think that you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to be a Christian. I think that it is evidence of God moving in you and evidence of God touching you. It is an encounter with God. And I think it is true and I think it is real. But I don't think that if you haven't got baptized in the Holy Spirit that you're not any less Christian than those that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I believe that uh, I have a desire to do that or to have that experience, but I'm trusting in God that 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 moment will come at the right time. And I don't know when that right time is. So I believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is evident. It's real. Is it necessary? I don't think it's necessary to your faith, but it is real. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism of water, these are all representations of what God, a renewing, a renewness of your life. 
And I think that God is bigger than symbols. I think that those don't just hold him down in our little box. One of our, another question is tips on leading people with the intent to glorify God rather than yourself. And I think this comes to like, this comes, the answer to this question comes with true humility. And I think true humility is not, or it's thinking of yourself less. It's not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Serving others, not to be seen by others. To do it solely on the purpose of wanting to glorify God. Now, it's not your responsibility to really manage how people um, interpret your ways of leadership or the way that you do things. They have no right to judge you or to try to misinterpret what you're doing as self-glorifying. It's really up to God. And I would say that I would encourage you to ask God to search your heart. Be like, God, search me, O Lord. Am I doing this? Am I doing this out of um, a place of glor- wanting to glorify myself for attention, or is it out of a place of glorifying you? And I think God will reveal it to you, and God will humble you. Um, humble yourself before the Lord and just ask him. And just God knows your heart. So, Lord, just like ask, just be honest with God. Lord, I don't want I don't want to come off as cocky, arrogant, or selfish. I want to glorify you in the way that I lead. And I, I'll be able to, I, I, this might be a good podcast topic that I can dive down into a little bit more with actual tangible steps on how to lead people with the intent to glorify God rather than yourself. And if that's something that you would like to see or hear, add it to the comment section um, if you're watching on YouTube. I'm not too sure what how you can respond on other podcast platforms, but if you can, comment. Go ahead and comment. Um, we'll love to hear from you. I would love to hear from you. But thank you so much for tuning. That's all we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this month's Leadership and Theology with a Cup of Joe podcast. But before you tune out, log off, I want to make an announcement. This is actually the last Leadership and Theology with a Cup of Joe podcast that will be produced. Now, it's been a great journey for the past year. But I want to expand a little bit more than just leadership and theology. And I want to be able to gain confidence in my voice. And with that, I'll be making another big announcement coming up at the beginning of August. So make sure to follow us on Instagram at LTCupofJoe. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button to the Leadership and Theology with a Cup of Joe um, YouTube channel. And leave a comment in our section or in our, yeah, in our comment section. Um, below and make sure that you stay up to date with everything because there's a big announcement coming soon 
to Leadership and Theology with a Cup of Joe podcast. Have a great rest of your day. This is Joe Contreras signing out. And remember, even the little things make a difference.